Where else would I be? Where, where, hey, everybody. Where, where is there? I'm not telling. Excellent. It's a, I'm recording from a secret bunker deep beneath Nova Scotia. I love it. I love it. Me too. I have, I, I'm in my lair, what we call my lair. Do you have, do you have, do you have cats in your uh, secret lair? I do have a single cat. It's not technically my cat. It's my roommate's cat. She is not the most sociable, loving animal in the world. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to win her but over. She's very, she's very cute. I, I've already tried and failed. What, what is, what is the cat's name? Uh, her name is Elspeth. Elspeth. Oh, I like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. I'm glad you have a nice new cat friend in your new uh, undisclosed lair. This is very exciting. Well, oh, hey. Everyone, welcome to, welcome to Bookstabber. Uh, Bookstabber. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to Bookstabber. Uh, I, I am Willow Payne. And I'm Gene Ambaum. Hello. I'm, I make uh, The Haunted Skull, and I co-make the library comic. That's right. And uh, I co-make the library comic. Hello. Uh, and today we're going to talk about uh, a kind of modern... I don't know if you'd call it a noir mystery. I guess you would. Uh, modern noir I, crime novel. Yeah, it's it's a very strange mix of genres. It is called Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby. Yeah, and it is uh, S.A. Cosby's second book after Concrete Wasteland, um, which I really, really enjoyed. And uh, I knew very little about this book, uh, but Willow took me up on on uh, the offer to read it. Um Let's see. What, what do we what do we say? We're going to spoil the book in talking about it. We're going to absolutely spoil it. Uh, apologies. It is yep. a crime novel, so that may be more relevant uh, to you at this point. I will give a non-spoilery book talk. But before that, uh, I want to give a shout out to Heather. Hey, Heather, if you're listening. Uh, I was at my friend Sarah's wedding, and Heather came up to me and said uh, the most astonishing thing. Hi, I've listened to every episode of Bookstabber. <laughs> Good to see you again. And uh, Heather Heather is my friend Sarah's mom. Uh, Heather is a librarian professionally. And um, I was so excited. I was so, so very excited. I did not know what to say. It was the, the last thing I expected to come out of, out of her mouth. Uh, very delighted. Hi, Heather. Thanks for listening. Um, but now let's uh, let's do the book talk. Do you mind if I do the book talk for this one, Willow? Because I'm a little terrified of having you, Please. having you do the book talk for this one. Please. Be- be my guest. Okay. Uh, do you know what state this book takes place in? I was trying to figure it out. I, I couldn't remember. Virginia. Virginia. Uh, which is which I think is it's where... It's in Rich, Richmond, Virginia. Okay, I think that's where uh, Cosby lives, is Virginia. Could be wrong. So, uh, let's see. Two two men, uh, Ike Randolph and Buddy Lee Jenkins, um, they meet at their son's funerals. Their sons um, were married to each other. Uh, they have a child named Ariana, and they were basically assassinated uh, by unknown, unknown gunmen um, weeks before the book opens uh, in a, what was a very personal attack. Uh, their faces were all shot up. Uh, the police have nothing. Nobody knows why. Um, Ike and Buddy have both done time. They're both kind of hard men of different sorts. Uh, Ike is, he was kind of running with a gang. Um, he went away to jail, was not there to raise his son. Um, Buddy Lee is kind of, uh, redneck trash. Uh, he lives in a trailer park. He's an alcoholic. Ike has made, Ike has made good. He's now got a lawn care business. Uh, nothing has gone Buddy Lee's way, mostly because of Buddy Lee, because he's a terrible alcoholic. Uh, both of them 
were very homophobic toward their sons, uh, did not treat their sons well, did not have a lot to do in raising their sons. Um, and they seem to have, they, they start the story with some level of regret. Um, and uh, basically, uh, the book is, is kind of a, a strange buddy novel with them getting together to when the cops have nothing going on, can't figure out the case, to go figure out who killed their sons and get uh, very, very violent revenge on them. <laughs> Fair enough, Willow? Yeah, that's uh, that's an accurate summation. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. If, if you like the sound of that, and I think you might, uh, go read the book before you listen to the rest of the podcast. Willow, <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask this. How'd you feel about the book? I, I'm more curious in what you felt about the book. I I have a lot of weird feelings about this book. I didn't hate it. Oh, that's, that's something. That's more um, than I expected. Okay. I didn't love it. It's, you know, I thought the first half was okay. I thought the first half was a pretty, you know, plain Jane, but straightforward, okay book. Uh, there's kind of a big twist. Uh, at least it's it, it forms a narrative twist. Well, so it, of it, it's not, not much it's... of a twist, though, I have to say but no um that honestly after when i got to that part i was like really really this is the twist that the book hinges on like and i wasn't really expecting a twist but it was so kind of disappointing and weird that i was just like nah, i i, yeah, I, I this don't is think my opinion i don't think it exactly hinged on on that well well it depends on which twist you're talking about exactly but um yeah i mean i mean it is very straightforward as they start delving into their son's lives and they're kind of moaning to each other about about kind of what bad fathers they were and what terrible men they are and um, where they've been. Right. They spend they spend so much time in this book just talking about how they were bad to their gay sons. And like it's it gets very repetitive. <laughs> it, it does. Did you, ever, do you remember Heather's? Did you watch Heather's? Yes, I actually watched it uh, very recently. It the whole time, I it, when it kept coming up again and again and again, I kept remembering that scene in Heather's where uh, Christian Slater and Winona Ryder have have uh, they fake. They've, I think I know where you're going. The, the, yeah, yeah, they've murdered it. They've they, they've murdered the two football players, but made it look like they were in a gay love affair. If I remember correctly, right by by planting mineral water. Uh... <laughs> mineral water, <laughs> like they were gay. Like I remember, and right, and uh, but but a worse word than that, I think. And uh, and then I remember the the dad is standing up at the funeral, going, "I love my dead gay son," just crying. That 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 scene. <laughs> yes, uh, that is. There's there's a lot of that, and you know, it's it's interesting because I don't think any I don't think this book does anything wrong. Like it it's clearly a it's 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 heart is in the right place. It's kind of like dealing with it with a dad that uh, their heart is in the right place. And you know, the book is about people of an older generation who are having a hard time coming to terms with these things. And through the course of the book, they, they do come to terms with these things, and they do improve over time. And so you know, yeah, in yeah. that regard, I'm for it. Um, the thing I wasn't excited about going into this book is that to me, it does, it feels like homework, uh, with the exception <laughs> of it also, it, it, it has that homework kind of feel to it, but also it is this weirdly violent, uh, crime noir story, which is interesting. Um, I'm not, 
I'm not generally into crime or police or any of those stories to begin with. Like I'm, I, you know, I'm much more entertained by any kind of fantasy or whimsy. Yeah, yeah. And and this book does not offer anything in that regard. Well, I want, I, 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 but I was. I, I want to say that as a as somebody who reads crime novels, I like them. I like them kind of dirty and violent. And and this the, yeah. the violence in this is great. I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, for, for, for what it's worth. The, 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 the writing is kind of interesting because it, it'll go into these really poetic sections every once in a while. You know, the, the title of the book is Razorblade Tears, but it'll it'll describe, uh, you know, the breaking of a finger uh, in, a, in a really poetic way. And, and then you'll just get pages and pages of, you know, pretty bog standard sort of Southerner dialogue. Um, which is completely makes sense in the setting, I, but it, it it does give me a little bit of a tonal whiplash back and forth. I did did you experience that? A, a little bit, like like the the title of the of the book is Razorblade Tears after a line in the book that's kind of repeated a couple times. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought I thought there isn't very much tonal whiplash, but there's a little bit of unevenness in the in the dialogue. I mean, for me, I, I think the interesting thing I was watching for was th there's a very there's a very fine line that Cosby is walking where you have to like Buddy Lee and Ike enough to root for them even though they treated their sons very poorly and they're they're encountering people who are like more vile than them and who are not out to change all the time but 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 Gene they killed our sons <laughs> they killed I'm sorry they killed our boys <laughs> They killed our boy. They say that so much. It is well. They they they, they like, well, but 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 it, I mean like like you say they say it a lot, and I agree they say it a lot. But it's not more than is in other novels. I mean I mean I I think they keep. I think they're deep in thought about this, and I think it's realistic. I think if it if it bothers you, it bothers you. But I don't I don't think there's anything. I mean I think the book is well written. I want to say, and I think I think that the thing that keeps it moving along is Buddy Lee is funny. Like Ike is not funny at all. Ike is very, very serious, very a very hard man, right? And Buddy Lee is is a tough dude, but he's funny. He's he's very, very funny. Right. He's full of a lot of one-liners and dad jokes. It, you know, it keeps the book. It, it adds some levity. It, it it makes it more readable. I I appreciated it. I think I think for the most part, this book was pretty well written, well put together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I I disagree with just some of the fundamental choices not, not even because they're awful i think they could have been done better um so i was talking about the twist so oh, the twist. you're right there are two there are actually two twists the second twist i think we have to talk about the plot a little bit more because like because like i don't know i don't know if the twist well okay it's okay and and let's be honest the plot is pretty straightforward it's really so, straightforward as yeah. you said so so ike and buddy lee they get together buddy lee convinces ike to go hunt down these guys who killed their sons because the police aren't aren't getting anywhere well, well, the case is closed well i think the important thing is like like so at the funeral um like buddy lee kind of kind of starts talking to ike they're both over their son's coffins after everybody else has walked away right they're both hanging out and they start chatting and they they might have met at like uh the, the their son's daughter's uh birthday party but they just kind of saw each other across the room they didn't talk um and and uh, Derek, uh, uh, so so Buddy Lee's son is Derek, and Ike's son is Isaiah. And and Buddy Lee says the thing that I think we're supposed to like him for. He says that like he beat his son when he was fourteen and caught him kissing another boy, but he he wishes he could apologize. 
So so he's he's trying to atone for what he did at least. And then Ike rushes off to catch catch the minister who just kept talking about the abominable nation, like the abominations that, that uh, these two boys were, even at their funeral. And Ike goes over and shakes the minister's hand. And he, Ike's a very strong, very big man. And Ike starts just grinding his hand bones together. And, and that's supposed to get us rooting for Ike, I think, a little bit, right? Because Ike is, is pissed that the minister was doing the wrong thing. Even though he doesn't articulate it like Buddy Lee does, he goes off and does something that we're kind of, we're kind of cheering for him at that point. Like, if, if you're not cheering for them at that point, you kind of have to put the book down, I think. Um, and then we get these two weird scenes where uh, Buddy Lee basically almost guts his landlord for uh, almost using a, a slur against uh, Derek. And uh, Ike is at home with all the food that uh, Isaiah and Derek's friends dropped off. And it includes vegetarian barbecue. <laughs> Ike's looking at it like, what, what the hell is vegetarian barbecue? It's kind of, it's kind of a great little moment where I'm like, okay. I'm I'm kind of well I'm kind of no. that is one thing that's one thing that that really caught me about this novel is there is this sort of strange uh baby boomer versus millennial uh generational shift here not just because of the attitudes towards you know LGBTQ people but also in this I like every time we meet a young person in this book that isn't a gangster like there is kind of this authorial like uh not degradation, but like a, like a really, we're doing this, like the, when we go into this cake shop and, right. and, you know, of course the guy's described as having like a, a man bun or whatever, like we're, and, and, and at one point we, we, we visit this um, group of political activists and it like, we joke about, you know, they're joking about like, oh yeah, they ride unicycles and post flyers everywhere. Right, and like right. it's meant to sort of infantilize all of these people who are my age because you know they they don't have traditional lifestyles or whatever because they don't buy a gas guzzling suv with the money they don't have i don't know well, well, well i think there's a weird thing about this book where like like i think the point of view character is ike arguably although there are some chapters yeah. where i can't be seeing things that are that are like the motorcycle gang that comes in later but i think i think the the point of view is clearly ike and buddy lee right like somehow shifting back and forth in those descriptions like i don't i don't feel like they're value judgments of the author i feel like i feel like they are those guys experiencing the world do you buy that like it's it's not very strong but... i i no i do i do buy that that we have we have a weird sort of situation where we have kind of a third person uh narrator that sits on the shoulder of one character at a time but that character is almost always either Ike or Buddy Lee, predominantly Ike, and occasionally, because we we also have uh, one or two scenes where it's like from one of the bad guys' point of views, you know, because they're having a conversation where our protagonist cannot follow. Um, So, you know, it's, it goes around, and I, and I do appreciate that, like, yeah, this is within this frame, but I just think, I, I, I do think there are some interesting choices that are being made, because, like, the author could also... Like, he never describes any of the young people that they meet as, like, this guy was, even though he had a man bun, he was also, like, extremely masculine and jacked. Like, there are choices being made that, like, I wouldn't say it's the most, even though it's diverse from a, a certain point of view, it's not literally diverse in that it doesn't in actually include a lot of different kinds of people, right? Well, well, it, it, it does, but in a strange way. I, I acknowledge exactly what you're saying. Like, like, like the... Well, what's weird is the narrative skips forward two months, right? 
and Buddy Lee um, wants to figure out who killed their sons because the cops have nothing going on. And Ike uh, doesn't want to do it because he's afraid once he starts spilling blood, he won't be able to stop. There's some kind of line like that. Um, but like, right. But like, he's, he's got a lot of repressed sort of murderous anger inside of him from prison that uh, he could easily kill a man if, if, you know, prompted. And, and, and Ike's wife very strangely seems to kind of push him into it a little bit. But the other thing that pushes him into it is that their son's headstones are uh, vandalized. They're super vandalized, and that really pisses Ike off. Now he's gonna he's gonna find those sons of bitches who who did that, uh, and uh, so we cut to them going off to try to investigate their son's death together, Buddy Lee and Ike. And um, th- there's also a weird little thread running through this of like 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 Buddy Lee, who's white, has never considered how hard it is to to be black in society. Um, and uh, I yeah. kind of tries to explain it to him over and over again. Um, explain how ignorant he is. This is this is going to sound weird, and because maybe I missed something early on, but I didn't know Buddy Lee was white until, like, until they got into an argument. Oh, interesting. Uh, and and started talking. Like, I actually thought Buddy Lee was black from the very beginning. Oh no, no. I, I mean, uh, yeah. I don't remember when it was first indicated, but it's it's pretty well indicated kind of when they get in the truck together because um I feel I feel like it's well into the novel before everyone starts describing like like you're three fourths of the way into the book until people start describing Buddy Lee uh as looking like Sam Elliott. Right, 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 right. Because you're like what? which which they do re- <laughs> which which I which I just got to point out because like and and these are it's not the narrator calling him Sam Elliott. It's it's other people that he's like oh you Sam Elliott looking motherfucker and and he was like you're the second per- you're the second person today that call- says I look like and I'm like it's a weird thing yeah that'd be it's a weird thing to- that might be funny in a movie where he's played by Sam Elliott but. It, it's a, it's a weird thing to have somebody a, say you're the second person today but you're right there is something like that like it's very strange that, that's literally and it's and i'm like none of these char- these characters are made of text and they were invented in so like that's not a good joke in this context when you can invent <laughs> any person you want to invent well it's kind of funny remember remember when wanted came out the mark millar graphic novel uh do you remember that book uh i no, it's made it. It's Mark Millar makes too many books for me to. It's remember. made into a movie with uh, Angelina Jolie and the Scottish guy. Uh, what's his name? The the Gerard. Butler. No, no, no. The, the guy who plays Azriel in the Golden Compass BBC adaptation. James McAvoy. I didn't. Uh, Have you not seen that? Have you not seen the BBC adaptation of the Golden Compass? I literally okay. I love the Golden Compass. I love his Dark Materials. I watched the first episode of it and I didn't like oh, it, and I didn't continue watching. It's it. so good. It, 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 it's it's doing a good job. It it gets a little better, I have to say. Um, but I, I, I you know I'm I'm surrounded by people now who who rag on the the movie that came out when I was a kid, which I know that's that's a great way to defend something is because you liked it as a kid. But uh, I think that's I think I thought that movie was a perfect. Other than the ending kind of falling short. Uh, that was a perfectly fine adaptation. Oh, I really? don't know why they didn't make a sequel. I, yeah. I, did, I did not like that movie at all. I I, I, mm. I think it rushed. It felt rushed, you know, which movies often do. It, it, it just felt very rushed to me. But but the BBC adaptation at least I, doesn't feel rushed. Well, here's here's what I'll say. We, we don't want to linger on his Dark Materials too long. But I think if you if you read the book and you watch that movie from from what, 15 years ago and you watch and you watch longer than that, actually, but. Uh, and then you watch um, the the BBC series. Um, 
I think what it is is that both of them, it, both of them are affected in adaptation form by genre attitudes of other things that are like the BBC one is definitely trying to play like a show that is competing with like Game of Thrones or something. Right. Whereas the other movie was trying to compete with the Harry Potter movies. Sure. And so they both resemble those things to some extent. Now, I think that actually comes down to just pure taste. Like if you like Game of Thrones, you'll probably like the BBC uh, uh, Dark Material show. I hated Game of Thrones. So I, and I didn't like the BBC show. You know, I think that's what it comes down to. Well, I, I mean, I mean, I think it's, I think it's just, I, 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 I think a Game of Thrones adaptation is a little unfair, but there's something to that. But, but, uh... well, but it's, well, but it's such, it's so oppressively dark in its tonality, not like literally in the way that it's shot and the way that the, the characters are acting and like it, it did not remind me because I've reread that book a couple mm-hmm. times. It did not remind me of the, the tone of the book from Lyra's point of view. Well, well I think, I think the sense of wonder is kind of gone. I, I, I agree. I yeah. Agree. But but uh but, but the only reason I brought up the uh the Mark Miller, JG Jones, JG Jones uh, did the art for the book, uh wanted was that uh they drew um the main character kind of as Eminem. I think I think okay. to try to get a movie made cuz uh, Mark Millar had not had a movie made from one of his properties at that point, <laughs> I believe. It was kind of brilliant, right? And so, um, right. It's like when they when they just drew Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury in the Ultimate. Uh, right, 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 right. And I think that's the move here. Is like, well, we're just going to keep comparing this guy to Sam Elliott until <laughs> Sam Elliott gets cast. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know who's going to play Ike. I mean, like, but <laughs> right, right. But it's clearly going to be Sam Elliott up for the role. Uh, so so, so it made me laugh. You, you might be onto something. There. But 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 there's there's a really there's a really it's not quite an awkward conversation where Buddy Lee they're in Ike's truck, uh, going to the place where uh, Isaiah used to work, the magazine where Isaiah worked, and um, and I have to say their sons did a lot in in their they were only twenty seven when they were killed, but uh, they had a kid who's a couple years old and they you know owned a home and they were killing it apparently. And um, yeah, yeah. Can I can I say this? Uh, that part is extremely unbelievable. I agree. Uh, well, because how long had they been? Ma- I th- I think they. I, I don't know exactly what the timeline was, but it sounded like they had a surrogate child, like almost before they got married. It, it w- was before they were married. Is, yeah, because they were killed a few it, months after they were married. Right, which is like that. That's not how that happens. Like almost ever could be, but but it's um, it, it's an odd it's an odd timeline. But I'm like okay, you know it's, it's and because like, well how how old is the what's her name Ariana like two three I uh, think that just seems that seems very weird to me and the, well and the fact that they had so much money as a young gay couple in Virginia and they're like millennials yeah. Um, that that's extremely unbelievable because one of the because one of them works at a like a bakery and the other works at a magazine as a journalist like n- they're probably not making that much good money cost, cost like, of not living. like a big magazine cost of living's low it's like a local <laughs> it's a local i uh, probably not in richmond richmond's a big city. I, I don't know either it, it was it was that that was weird but but uh buddy lee is in ike's truck and ike he's talking about how great ike's uh truck is and Ike has this whole conversation like you wouldn't want everything that goes along with this truck, which is basically you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to kind of you wouldn't want to trade places with me because I'm black. They have right, this whole conversation. Right. You wouldn't want to be black. Um, and he, he, he talks sure. to he talks to Buddy Lee about that. And so so that's the indication to me. I mean, that, that's the clear point where Buddy Lee's not black. Right. I mean, that happens. Right. That happens a couple chapters I, in. I can't remember. 
Right. E- even though, you know, I've seen this conversation played out throughout books and TV shows a dozen times, and it's it's a little bog standard, but I, I did appreciate how it per- it performs a rhetorical function because later uh, they're in a gay bar and Ike gets into an argument with the with the bartender who is a, a young gay Asian man and and the bartender is trying to explain like being gay is really hard you don't understand like it, there are definitely a lot of black gay men who are okay with being black but their but their communities shun them for being gay and and so like you and you're contributing to the problem because you are contributing to right global homophobia in general and you know i responds with by saying well you know I, I i can't stop being black i can't pretend to not be black but you can pretend not to be gay whenever you want you you don't have to announce that you're gay and the bartender's like yeah and then you you want me to pretend that i'm not gay and that's that's why you don't get it right why should i have to pretend that i am somebody else just to get along in the world um, right? and and, and 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 that's good that the, there is kind of a russian nesting doll of understanding intersectional you know right. identity politics i thought that was i thought that was done artfully throughout the book that being said like i you know is that why i read fiction not really well, I, th- I, I, uh, I i think but... it's worth pointing out that it was it was done pretty artfully in a in a book that's from these guys point of view right i mean it, which is kind of it, it's kind of strange but it's the people they're coming across who say these things and they kind of they kind of they right. kind of reflect on them a little bit but they don't really have reflective conversations it just kind of pushes them in the direction they're moving, which is, oh, our sons were actually good men, right? Which they kind of reiterate over and over again until they get to this point where, it's, like, we're shit, right. we're shit, they're not, they weren't. <laughs> and, like, like at one point toward the end of the book, I think it's Buddy Lee, but I could be wrong, says something like, it's pretty amazing given who their fathers were that they were such good guys, you know, and, and so successful. Like, Right. One of the um, – what was the thought I – oh, right um, – well, I think this book, just from a l- looking down on it uh, in comparison to other media, uh, are you familiar with the the barrier gaze trope? No, huh? What's that? Uh, well, it, it it's not so prevalent anymore, but it was very prevalent for a long period of time, which was that if you were watching any kind of movie or reading any kind of book, and you know there was a gay character, and it was not you know an overwhelmingly gay story if most of the characters were not gay and it wasn't central to like by the end of the story, the, the gay or the trans character would, would be dead. Yes, yes, Uh, yes, yes, yes. And, and, and so I think it is funny that this book is kind of having its cake and eating it too, where it's like, it literally begins with them burying their gay sons. Uh, that, that, that is how the book starts. They're dead before page one and and we spend the rest of the book talking about how how dead and gay they are and how much we love our dead gay sons um, <laughs> it, it is and, and then it kind of overcomes that a little bit later on but it, it, uh, it but it but but that's so much of the book like it I, it's hard to say that it overcomes it when it just kind of is that like what, it, it, it it can't not be that at any point like because they can't literally resurrect these dead gay sons right right but um well it, it is so yeah i mean that, that, that's well that's interesting so so back to plot so 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 they they I, go to they go to the magazine where isaiah worked and then uh they meet amelia who tells them about a threat that was mailed to them. And Amelia is fine, right? Amelia is very pretty. 
Like, like there's people in the office who like kind of have that weird millennial thing that you were talking about before. Um, right. She's, she's just an athletic black lesbian. Like, I think that's, yes. she, she's, she's fit. She plays basketball. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say we, we don't, we, I, I think it would be a mistake if we, uh, summarize every individual cause this is, has a classic, uh, noir element of like, they have to follow a lot of leads in order to right. get down the clues. So like, we're going to be here all day <laughs> if we, if we literally retrace their well, steps. I, 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 I will say them. There's a, there's an amazingly, amazingly little misdirection. It's so linear. I agree with you. It's so linear. I mean, at, so, but, but she doesn't give them much. They go somewhere. They, they beat up the, the unicycle riding kids, right? And <laughs> be all the threat. Ike snaps one kid's pinky in a very poetic moment you were talking about before. And, uh, what is Buddy Lee says something like like uh, look at him he couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight which is which is why you like Buddy Lee because he says things like that but then they go to where uh, Derek worked which is the essential events bakery where they are immediately mistaken for a couple about to celebrate uh, some kind of uh, an event which I mean <laughs> the 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 young man who says that to them is uh, is out of his mind uh, I don't think they look anything like a couple about to celebrate an event but hey whatever. Um, and uh, he kind of sets them on on track for uh, a girl that they met at some event for a guy with a recording studio, right? And then they go to they, yes. then they go to their son's home to look around to see if they can find anything about that girl. Uh, and there's an interstitial chapter uh, where somebody from the rare breed motorcycle gang talks about the woman they're looking for and says, "Go to that house and." find something on her her name is tangerine reporters were talking to her yeah. i don't know why you waited two months <laughs> to send people to, it, to that it, house <laughs> that's the real problem i have with this plot it, uh development right but uh that is true i i didn't even think about that they go they go so, there at yeah, exactly all, the same time all signs all signs point to this one woman only known as tangerine right. who has some vague connection to a music producer that they don't that that our our protagonists don't really know anything about right, right. uh and and so much of the book just is going from place to place, trying to fit, find out who Tangerine is, where she is, uh, which is very silly when they actually do find her because they literally <laughs> it's like oh they literally she... get the they they get the neighborhood they get the name of the neighborhood that she's from. I don't even remember how they get that information. Oh, I I I, I, I well so 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 that's very very central to the plot because um <laughs> so. So from this, they, so, so like Ike's a badass and you have to establish he's a badass. He snaps that, that, uh, yeah. young hippie's pinky. Then they go to the house and, uh, when they're there, the two guys from the motorcycle gang come in, the two prospects. So they're young guys. They're trying to get into the motor, motorcycle gang, try to get patched in. And, uh, and, uh, Buddy loses a fight to both of them, uh, in the front. And Buddy Lee has this pocket knife that comes into play later, uh, his granddaddy's pocket knife. And, um. He, Which he has superhuman abilities with. Apparently. <laughs> apparently, he likes to threaten everybody with it. And well, I guess it's the second time we saw the pocket knife because Buddy Lee threatened to get to gut true. his landlord with it <laughs> the first time. Pulled it on it. He's always putting it to everybody's neck. There's a lot of knives to necks in this book. Um, I mean, that is where you put knives when you are <laughs> involved in these kinds of situations. But when, when Buddy Lee is on the floor with a gun in his face, Ike attacks one of the bikers with a the top of a toilet, <laughs> and then attacks the other one with it. I don't know. And Buddy Lee like throws a glass in his face. It, it it's pretty pretty great violence, I have to say. And the end of it, they end up with uh, one of these bikers in the trunk of the car. They drive him back to Ike's uh, lawn care place. I don't know what time of night it is right now. And Ike takes out something called a tamper, which is this like, uh, have you ever seen one of these things? 
it's it's like it's, it's like a flat square of like iron or steel and it's attached to a um uh a handle a wooden handle that kind of comes out at a right angle from the from the flatness of the steel and you use it to you just hammer on the ground with it to make the ground flat after you've leveled it or to kind of pack the ground down before you put like flagstones on the ground and uh and ike's gonna threaten the kids like feet with it to get him to talk about tangerine and of course he talks about tangerine talks about tangerine like okay that's great but then the kid breaks free and when he breaks free ike puts him down and just just crushes this kid's head with it like all the rage in ike just comes out and he just smushes this kid's head this this biker kid and uh, then they have to dispose of the body it's it's pretty gross it's pretty gory i have to say i i did i liked the disposal of the body because they they ike who uh who does a lawn care business uh turns turns this human body into mulch uh or into manure rather well, well uh, they 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 they, it, they, they, it, they uh they mix it into the manure pile he hasn't been back right yes yes and then he's like oh, i gotta get rid of this machine that i just tiller <laughs> that i used to make the manure because it's probably got a bunch of teeth and hair in it that the, that are gonna come out and someone's gonna report me so i gotta drop it off at the dump so later. it's so strange then, then buddy lee goes back to his trailer and his ex-wife is there and she's married to some politician and uh some some uh right some conservative politician great... gerald culpepper and uh uh-huh. he, she didn't go to the funeral uh the 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 dad and his family were dicks to her her gay son and kicked him out and when, when because her, her husband is a judge it's it's very strange and she's still kind of hot for her ex-husband and they have a moment and then uh the bikers go to ike's i didn't i didn't get that impression that she was hot for him anyway well they, they, they have a moment because he i mean he looks like who again who again willow who does he look like uh, sam he looks Elliott. like sam elliot that's He's right very... I mean, I was picturing him as an uglier Sam Elliott, if we're being honest. Well, he, well you know, one of his better jokes is that uh, he, he goes somewhere he, and he, he slicks his hair back with some spit and Ike, he says, really? And and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Buddy Lee's response is, well, you never know. There might be a lady in there with low standards. And right, right. <laughs> so I, I never got the impression that he was particularly handsome. Like, they, they describe him as being old and you know well he's got he's an alcoholic he's probably not doing well, well he's also he's also clearly dying he's got emphysema or cancer i think mia calls it out later ike's wife mia maya my i think i assume her name is maya it's 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 maya, it's maya. did you listen to it yeah I did. it's m-y-a in the book so i was like I, it must be maya um but uh so then the bikers go to uh ike's place of business because he had the lawn care sign on his truck that was parked in front of his son's ho- house Right. and right. Uh, they didn't do a very good job of right. being incognito so uh at any point so it's a machete to the neck of the boss gets him to back off his secretary pulls a 38 before she quits her name's jazzy uh they know they're going to come back uh now maya is is very mad at at uh ike for going after their son's killers you know she doesn't want to have to raise the granddaughter alone ariana uh Grayson figures out where Ike lives. Uh, then, then Ike and Buddy Lee go to the gay bar and they meet uh, Tex, the Tex, the uh, gay Asian bartender. Uh, there's a bunch of people there. Yeah. Uh, there's more talk about being gay versus being black. Um, and then uh, we find out Tangerine is a party girl, and she was at some guy named Mister Get Down's party. They find out his real name, Mister Get Down. You gotta love that, huh, Mister Get Down? I do, I do kind of love the name Mr. Getdown. Well, and at this point, we think I th- we're led to believe that Mr. Getdown is this evil, shadowy figure, um, <laughs> right. which is we're we're going to have to start a tally of quote unquote twists in this book uh, because that is also one. Well, there's not that it, <laughs> Mr. It, it's so strange. I mean, like 
Yeah, I mean, like, like, uh, Buddy Lee goes home, sees his ex-wife again, I think, uh, and and she basically says, "Buddy Lee is no phony." <laughs> like she tells tells us, well, it's pretty clear Buddy Lee's no phony. You know, he's pretty straightforward, but but we have to get that pushed forward to us. Then they go to see that that producer whose real name is Tariq. Uh, they he 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 clearly knows Tangerine, knows where she's at, won't tell them. His security guards get into it with uh, Ike and Buddy Lee, and who wins that fight? Uh, I think they, I think they lose, don't they? No, I think, I think they kind of win because they drive off, they get away. But I mean, it's, it, it's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Well, they, but they, well, they don't get, they don't get what they wanted. And then they have to go through this rigmarole where Ike goes to one of his old gang friends from back in the day and calls in a favor to talk with Tyreek, right. um, AKA Mr. Get Down, uh, which is, you know, I thought that was kind of an interesting scene where Ike has to go uh, back to his old neighborhood and there's a, a black barber shop that's sort of a front for right. this organization. Um, and and there's, you know, all of the peop- all of the guys in the barbershop, because it's all men, you know, they're spitting homophobia and, the, you know, an episode of like a RuPaul's Drag Race comes on the TV <laughs> and they start talking about... They, 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 they start going into this conspiracy theory about how, you know white people are trying to feminize black men to to you know gain power over them and ike is sort of realizing for the first time is like oh i this is the dumb shit that this this is exactly as dumb as i sounded right 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 when i was shitty to my gay son like i I would i would have laughed at this before but i'm not laughing now and there there is a guy in the barbershop one of the barbers i think who's like who's standing up for everybody and sounds like he might be gay and uh you know it's just like not not taking the crap from everybody Right. And so, well, I, I don't even know. But yeah, it it's done. It does a good job. This is another scene that contributes to like, okay, this is a this is a fairly realistic feeling of like, all right, someone who uh, had some backwards ideas is, is learning and, and realizing, you know, that he was uh, that those ideas were, you know, ingrained in him for maybe not great reasons. Right, right. And then, and then, um, and the, so when, when, uh, the guy, the guy's name is Slice, we find out some of Ike's history here because, uh, Ike went to jail, like for killing, uh, so Slice had an older brother who ran with Ike when he was a young criminal. And, uh, and I think, I think, uh, his older brother was killed and then Slice didn't take care of the killer. Uh, Ike did. Ike went and killed him in front of his kid and his wife, uh, and then went to jail for it. And, in jail, Slice and all the other guys in the gang kind of abandoned Ike, and Ike had to join a, a group called the Black Gods, and he became a shot caller for them. He was murderous in prison, put a lot of people down, it sounds like, just had a rage inside of him, wasn't there for his family. The gang didn't take care of his family. He's pretty pissed at Slice, and he kind of calls him that marker. Um, so it's clear Slice doesn't like Ike, but he kind of he kind of like agrees to get uh, Tariq, a.k.a. Mr. Mr. Get Down, out there to talk to him in an hour. And then... Uh, I can't decide. I can't decide if Mr. Mr. Get, Get Down, Down is too stupid or the or the perfect amount of stupid. I think it's the perfect amount of stupid. I, I I gotta say that's that's my favorite thing in the book. I mean, Buddy Lee's a pretty great name too. Um, but then there's like the scene where like like uh, Slice says he'll he'll be here in an hour. So Ike and Buddy Lee go have one more drink to kind of moan about their dead sons together. <laughs> like go get a bar. It's like why is that scene there? They should have just took a nap in the truck, man. I didn't. You know what I mean? But then they come back and. 
and the uh, very cowed Mr. Get Down is there and just gives up all the information. <laughs> like, uh, although he, he's a little reluctant at first, and Buddy, Buddy Lee says, uh, another great Buddy Lee line, if it was up to me, I'd feed you your hand until you shit fingers, but I guess we good. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. That's, that's a, if it was up to me, I'd feed you your hand until you shit fingers. I, I like that. Okay. Uh, so they know where Tangerine right. is. And then, um, minor twist, uh, Slice... Uh, has been working with the rare breed and slice calls the rare breed and tells them where tangerine is as well so when buddy when buddy lee and i which is sorry which is a little odd because um the rare breed when we have had dialogue from them like their their leader uh christian or uh, grayson uh grayson right it's not close to christian uh grayson uh is constantly saying the n-word he's constantly you know being extremely racist towards uh towards ike and i uh, probably other peripheral characters i don't remember um well it it kind of ties in because earlier earlier grayson was complaining about um the gang was trying to sell weapons to uh some some black guys i think and uh they didn't take them all and that was clearly slice's group right like that was early in the in, okay. in, in the book, so it kind of it kind of wraps back around. It's set up nicely. You go, oh, that that's what was happening there. We had some indication before that they were they were dealing with him, but we didn't know who it was. Uh, but they go out to the middle of nowhere, uh, find Tangerine living with her mom. She's hot. She's great. She's got a shotgun in her hand, and the mom's some kind of drunk and invites uh, Sam Elliott looking Buddy Lee. And uh, I, I oh, get yeah, for drinks. this mom wants Buddy Lee so bad. Oh, I thought we were going to have a sex scene with Buddy Lee. I was so up for it as he's coughing up his bloody, bloody green phlegm. I was hoping <laughs> was, it's on my house dress. Don't worry yeah. about my house dress, sugar. I thought it was going to be something like that. No. Nope. Well, uh, but no, but I want to talk about the because they don't actually. My memory of this is that it's not like they just get handed Tangerine's address. They get told the neighborhood in which Tangerine lives, and the, and they know that she or or that she's hiding out in rather, and they they go to this neighborhood, whatever it was called, yep. and they just like find the the first person they see is just like some little old lady, and they're just like, do you know a woman named Tangerine who lives here? And she's just like Tangerine Fredericks, yeah, she just right over there, like <laughs> it, like imme- immediately gives her up, even though this woman is in hiding and and no one else can find her because these other people are looking for her because they're trying to kill her. Well, can I say these cops did um, not do a good job at all? <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. Nobody in this book. I honestly does a very good job because it's very dumb. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, she, it, it's so straightforward how they find, find Tangerine. Right. And how they, and then, and then like Tangerine is not going to help them. <laughs> She's like, no, I love this guy, this guy who I've been, I've been having an affair with yeah, who, who your sons were, who your sons were going to, you know, write about, but I've been, I love him and I'm not giving him up and I'm going to tell you who it is. I would, I would say this represents to me the, the shift in the novel that I think everything up to this point, was 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 fine it wasn't it's it's still not a book that was like my genre it wasn't like you know wasn't my thing but i was like it's uh it's competently written it's got some good language in it you know there's some good jokes uh i i would maybe give this to someone like my mother someone who i know likes a good crime novel yeah, yeah. This is the this is the turning point where I'm, where things get dumb. I have to say it's the most problematic part that that like like so so the the bikers show up right behind or I mean maybe thirty minutes behind Ike and Buddy Lee. They surround the house. They start shooting it. They kill the mom. Uh, Tangerine is wounded uh, in the arm. 
they drive off. Yes. They drive off with her. Uh, oh they take her to Maya, who's a nurse, uh, Ike's wife, uh, the, at Buddy Lee's trailer. Which confuses me. Confuses me even more because I believe I believe Tangerine is shot in like the shoulder. Uh, yeah, yeah, the arm um, somewhere. Yeah, and and sure, she's she's bleeding out. She's coating blood, so she needs medical attention. This this I'm all on the same page with. Uh, so then we get this big, and uh, uh, Tangerine's mother is 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 dead from uh, gunfire from the total. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I have to say, so, I have to say, a good gunfight, like very cinematic. I like the gunfight there. I guess, I, you know, a a, a book, a, a gunfight in a book, I think is is a little hard to uh, make interesting. Well, I thought I thought it was good because they only had one gun, and then there's the shotgun that Tangerine dropped, and uh, you know, Tangerine's clearly hiding, and then there's a whole bunch of bikers. It's a very lopsided fight. And I think they get away in good fashion. So, so like it has I, to look I, like everything's on I'll the take, line for them to me, and it, it felt like that. I'll take your word. I'll take your word for it. My my problem is that I just have a hard time visualizing those scenes. Like you say, there was one gun, and I'm like, was there? I actually I have no idea, um, because like you would need to draw me a diagram, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> there would have to it would have to be communicated some other way. Obviously, there's a lot of missing in the in the fight. Like not every not every shot lands. Um, yeah, I, th- th- right. Th- that's always my, my kind of, uh, like, does the action move along? Is everything plausible? Is what they're doing okay? And Right. I, d- I didn't find the gunfight to be implausible. I, 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 in fact, I take no issue with it. Um, but so, all right. Well, well so, for, me, for me, a book like this t- lives or dies in its, its description of the violence, because that's what I'm reading for. So I was like, yeah, I was very, I, that's why I love Cosby's books. Like, good characters, uh, good violence. Although, like, like I agree that Tangerine's uh, motivation for keeping the identity of um, her lover secret is super problematic because especially after everything that happens, it's just it's just dumb that she can't see what's going on. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot that's dumb that we have to unpack. So, so we get Tangerine away because she's our only she's our only hope for finding out who killed our boys. <laughs> and. <laughs> she's she's unconscious she's she's been shot and uh so we so we to keep her from bleeding out we get her to maya and uh ike and buddy lee are talking and ariana's there and uh and then maya reveals to to everyone the reader included uh that tangerine is transgender <gasps> and, this, and this was the first twist i was like really uh, this this was the first thing I was like, no, oh, really? Why, why are we doing? Well, this? there was an indication of it beforehand. Which did you did you see that? Yeah, no, the the, the mom dead named her like. Oh oh, which, oh I, I I didn't catch that. That's interesting. Uh, what was the other indication? There was a, a photo that uh, either um, Buddy Lee or oh. or like a photo of a son that Buddy Lee or um, yeah the. Y- I didn't or, or think I too hard about it, and I, I didn't care. Um, okay. Well, so anyway, so this what's unfolding here is that Tangerine was having an affair with a powerful man, and clearly powerful man is really into Tangerine, but and, and, and I find this to be, like, genuinely implausible. Um, right. That, that he is having this affair with, with Tangerine, and then... He's just like now. Then he just gets worried that like, oh no! But I'm a powerful man. What if someone finds out that I slept with a trans woman? I guess I should murder her. I guess I guess I should, you know, have her assassinated by motorcycle gang. Right. Um, 
I I don't find like you know lots of violence happens against trans women. No, there's no one denying that. Well, there there are people denying that. I'm not denying that. I I, I get it. Um, this situation and it as it is written here, I find a little implausible for a couple of reasons. And that and that because by the end of this book, it becomes such a huge bloodbath on all parties that like whoever this guy is he's way more invested in this thing than he ever should be right uh especially knowing everything that we that we learn <laughs> so you know well well, well, uh, well, I, I, well i mean yeah it's hard to talk about this at this point without it being a spoiler but or that right we, spoilers are going to happen but one thing i will point out that i thought it was kind of funny that so so i can um buddy lee immediately are just like you mean she's a he and oh my god and maya goes no she's a she she hasn't had genital surgery whatever uh but i'm a, i'm a pro i'm progressive here and and well, it's, well, well, it was funny well, to me my that, question was how do you know that from treating a bullet wound on her arm exactly <laughs> like, what the fuck are right. you talking did about get, did, did she get a boner while unconscious oh my because god. yeah that doesn't sound like why did you need to take her pants off in order to treat their arm wound right it, it show, like that's not how that works I, I granted i'm not an er nurse i've never done triage but that just doesn't seem like that would come yeah up. i i i was so, like i was like how do you know this right now like like what the what the fuck is going on like it, it was very awkward it was very very awkward yeah i i don't and and right and and because apparently there's no there's no possible tell otherwise uh on tangerine she, you know she must be gorgeous and you know well right right i don't think they ever describe her as being particularly tall or right. broad shouldered or anything right. anyway well, well i i i, so I they never suspected can, can i say can i say the one thing the book avoids that i was glad because i was like oh here we go now buddy lee at least maybe maybe ike they're gonna have some kind of dialogue about him does this mean i'm gay and there was nothing like that <laughs> no 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 but you're but right you know what i mean it, it avoided that i thought oh shit i it, i wasn't thinking that no what i, what I was going to say was that i it's interesting because as soon as maya's like she's trans like get over it they're just like all right like like they they don't fight it at all at that point like they're just like all right we're surrounded by we're like they fully become like they, they've they've fully converted at this point that Right. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, everyone who's queer is cool. Clearly, <laughs> right, right. Uh, every, everyone who is in a motorcycle gang is, is bad. And we're, which well, I have know, to say, I, I have to say I bought it. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, you, you can kind of have this. Okay. Like they, they have a moment of, of cognitive dissonance. They've ne never met anybody like Tangerine. They've got this information. It's too much information, but right. they've got it. And then they kind of handle it. And they're like, they don't, they don't misgender Tangerine. They don't do anything shitty in the mm -hmm. book you know they they, right. they treat her like a person they don't blame her for not giving up uh the guy's identity which i, I think realistically they could have you know what what the hell's well they they were certainly they were certainly unhappy with that part because they sort of saw what was happening they're they're privy to the the knowledge that like well this guy is literally trying to kill you and she's maintaining that no it must be someone but, else like he would never do that to me. But I want to say I want to say I want to say I, that in, I, in the narrative of the book these two badasses who have who have literally crushed mm -hmm. a man's head to get the information they need I don't think it's realistic they don't suddenly start torturing her for the info. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they because they are obsessed with with. I, yeah, there, I don't. There is no. There, I don't disagree with you. There is you. no reason to value her at all, except 
that we are supposed to value the LGBTQ people I in the think... book, and and they're supposed to value them, and and I think it's the right the right call, but I do think it's a to, it's a well, total shift. I don't know if it's made explicit, but I think there is maybe some extent to which, like, we never see Ike brutalize a woman, right? True. True. I th- I think because he sees uh, this, she's a young mixed race woman, you know, who seems very innocent, mm-hmm. and very harmless, and like I, you know, at one point I think. He does describe like looking at her like she could be a daughter and is like, I don't want to harm this person. Right, this person right, right. is extremely, you know, what maybe earlier in the novel when he was convinced like this is the only person who knows anything about, you know, how Isaiah and Derek were killed. Like, right. I'll do whatever. But like now that he's met her, he's like, OK, this is this is whole situation. So he becomes very much about like, all right, I have to defend I have to defend Tangerine against also um pretty sure tangerine is the name of uh an independent film that came out it a couple is years it ago is it was shot on iphones about, i think about a, about a trans which, woman right well it's about a couple of trans women okay. um who are who are prostitutes in um la and which so and which i was like i don't know if the author knows this i don't know if the i don't know if this is a conscious choice that was a pretty big film feels like, i mean like I, i'm aware well, of that film. but it feels like if but it feels like if you were a a gay character and you're like call me moonlight like that would be weird too <laughs> if if you were just like call me by your name <laughs> yes 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 that's that's great those are those like are two you, good references i like that <laughs> i uh, fun fact i haven't seen any of these movies oh um, really really you haven't seen you haven't seen moonlight no because it feels like homework i don't want to watch homework. interesting okay um yeah there's it anyway i hear you so, what what is the next big plot point? Um, this is that this is that thing we were talking about like a couple weeks ago, where where those those movies are made for me somehow, right? Did, right. Yeah, I am. I am actually not the target demographic of of those movies. Right. Right. Uh, and I've watched plenty of queer movies that are that are fun and do have dramatic elements, but they they aren't like they they, they don't. They're not extremely depressing. They're they're positive. They're. Well, I, I remember seeing. I remember seeing when I was when I was a kid. I had to kind of seek them out because, uh, like when there were still independent, a lot of independent theaters in Seattle. There's a few here still, but when there were a lot of independent theaters here, we we would kind of keep tabs on what was coming out because, you know, you couldn't see stuff on video later, and there was no streaming when I was a kid. Right. And so there were that I saw some uh, quote unquote gay films when I was a kid that were made for gay audiences, like indie films made for gay audiences. And that was a totally different experience than seeing these things for homework, which is the only reason I know like what you mean. Yes. By that, right. Like, yeah, like, like, exactly. like, like, like with a, with a gay crowd, like seeing a film that was not for me, it was such a, such a weird experience. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was enlightening too, but it was like, Oh, like this, like there are, I, I'm getting 60% of this movie. <laughs> cause I, cause I don't know. I don't know what the references are, and everybody's reacting to things I don't, I don't get, right? But it was like th- that was that was right. very informative, and I don't know where those films are now. Maybe they maybe they're not out there because everything is streamable, or maybe they are out there, and I just well, don't. I don't. I'm not aware. Well, of them now. it's it's the, it's a it's a problem with the movie industry in general is that like independent film, hasn't been able to survive the way that it used to. Yeah. That because you know the 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 market has just changed rapidly like you don't make that you don't make very much money off of streaming so you can't, it's hard to make movies just for streaming unless 
you you know the executive at netflix or amazon just writes you a check right right um and when they do write checks they are writing checks for things that they are like some uh, every once in a while one of those is a gay movie but it's still a very like big it's 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 definitely not an indie movie right Right, it's a big you know we're gonna we're gonna cast a bunch of actors that you you probably know and we are going to look at a lot of demographic charts in the process of of making this movie it is not just uh this is a, a a filmmaker who is at film school making a fun film with their friends right which are, which are movies that i love yeah, yeah. uh can i get can i give a shout out to a to a fun movie that i watched recently sure. um there's a movie called uh funny pages uh distributed by a24 uh, I wouldn't recommend this movie for everyone because it's extremely weird and it has some extremely iffy stuff in it. Like this is, it is, it is not a, uh, it, 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 but I, I love the, the sort of tone of the movie and how weird the characters were mm. and, and it's chock-a-block full of comics and cartoonist references, which, so it was big for me in that regard. Um, I think I saw, I think so, I saw a review of that on the Ebert uh, website, the Roger Ebert website, which which uh, is the only place I get yeah. any recommendations for indie movies anymore. I I think the problem for me is that the algorithm now, like like the Amazon Prime algorithm, the Netflix algorithm, like these are the only ways I find out about films that I don't know about by reading like the one right. review website I, I I do check in with, and and so the problem for me is like there used to be. I don't know, 10 indie theaters here that I would watch for what was coming through each week, right? And I would become aware of the films. And I had to make choices because I could only see like one or two movies. But I would go see one or two movies a week. Um, and now the choices are kind of limitless, but there's not that level of exposure to the broad to the, to the the broad level of programming that somebody's putting in. Like when you have 10 people in 10 different theaters making programming decisions, right, that are different from each other, you, you, you're uh-huh. still going to find out more um, about more movies. Although I think right now there's probably more indie movies than ever. You know, I, I, I just don't know. Well, it depends. On, it depends on what you consider indie. Um, I agree. I'll say that funny, funny pages genuinely felt like an indie movie that came out pre-streaming that you could find at a blockbuster, mm-hmm. you know, in the indie movie section that like it's small, incredibly small budget uh, character actor driven um go look at the trailer and see right. if it if it appeals to you uh okay so back to Razorblade tears i think we have to we have to jump forward to sort of the next major plot well point, i i, uh, I think because... we can i think we can just just skip like the fire and everything else like mia and or sorry mia, yeah maya ends up in the hospital uh their house ends up burned down the the there's like more mm-hmm. confrontations with um like, like tangerine is safe and then they bring her back in and uh, the granddaughter gets kidnapped by the biker gang, right. and um, and then we figure out who the true villain of the book was the whole time. Well, 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 the, 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 well the first twist is very important because the first twist puts Buddy Lee and Ike against each other. Which is, remember the first twist? What that Ike or uh, that uh, Buddy Lee destroyed the tombstone? Buddy Lee vandalized the tombstones. Yeah, to get Ike into yeah, investigating. Yeah, I didn't. So, so, so that's the first twist to me because that separates them at this point, and then. Buddy Lee solves the problem of who the W in Tangerine's phone is, and he figures out it's bum bum bum. Gerald Culpepper, the which th- this felt so this this was yeah, such yeah. a dumb twist to me his, because it's just it's like his, his ex wife's uh, current right. husband, the, the conservative judge. And and uh, on one hand, like 
it it kind of works because the the motive is there because the the whole conspiracy of the thing is that and, and and although a lot of it is extremely unbelievable because it's like all right so this like 60 year old wealthy maybe he's maybe he's a little younger than that maybe he's 50s he's he's never uh, he's never he's never described very well i think it's because he would not be hot no right he's he's an he's a older extremely wealthy uh virginia judge who is running for a higher position of office either Gover- governor or, he's running for governor uh, soon governor so he's re- so he's running for governor and and he's married to uh the woman that buddy lee used to be married to whose name escapes me christine and 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 he throws these big fundraiser gala parties and and he says a lot of you know, he he makes jokes at the expense of black people using bad words um, that I will not repeat. Uh, and so he's and and here's the thing: like we've never we we've only known about this guy through Buddy Lee's wife's uh, ex-wife's description. Right. We we hadn't really met right. the guy yet. Um, but so then we discover, and which I think it's dumb that the the discover like the, the the connection is that the letter W is the first letter of the name Winthrop, which is this guy's middle name. Like, like lots of people have a W name. Well, I That's thought it was not... weak. I thought, I thought he was going to go, I thought Buddy Lee was going to go to the house and confront him and find out it was somebody else. Be yeah. Wrong. Well, cause there was so little, there was so right. little wrong. It was so straightforward. I was like, well, it's going to be wrong. And I mean, Buddy Lee in spectacular fashion goes there. And in one of the funniest moments in the book, uh, Buddy Lee has like <laughs> driven a truck into the house and is going to, going to brain uh, Winthrop in front of his ex-wife with a bat that he has that has nails driven through it. He's basically Negan in The Walking Dead. He's going toward him, and the right. cops draw their guns on him and don't shoot him. And, and, and <laughs> I can't remember what he says. He's, and he says, thank God for white thank privilege. Thank God for white privilege. It's, it, it's, a pretty funny, it's a pretty funny line delivered in the context of the rest of the book. But, um, it, well, I, and I'll say that so the, but part of the reason that any of this stuff happens, so, so this evil judge who wanted to have sex with this you know maybe 19 year old trans woman uh who is also she's she's of of mixed uh of mixed ethnicity um so she's you know she's got some some i don't know caramel skin um but like he's clearly a hypocrite because he he does he's very anti-black people and he's obviously very anti-queer um and and he's clearly got some deep repressed issues uh in that he he is attracted and had sex with this woman and it's extremely bizarre to me that uh, like, with for any other reason than money that tangerine would want to be with this man um but you know whatever fictional characters can do whatever they well, want well I, I, think, I think we're supposed to have a sense so, that she's more broken that than the book shows us that she is right but but i i, I but yeah. um but the so the reason that this ended up in the in the death of our of our boys is that <laughs> uh buddy buddy's son derek uh found out because he was still close with his mother uh sort of right i guess close is a stretch but they they talked a mm-hmm. lot found out through his mother that that his stepfather this the judge culpepper i don't know how he found out but he found out that he was having an affair with this trans woman and and he was like oh i've got a I've got to announce this to the press, which also is a weird idea. So he's going to, through his husband, leak this through a, a newspaper, which also that's I don't know that's a weird news well, I think, story. I, I, I think with. he I think like, he was mad because I mean he was kicked out before. Uh, well, he before was yeah he was Culpepper mad that his mom for, was getting cheated on. Well, but but, but Culpepper kicked him out before he ran for to be a judge as well. He kicked him out of home. So 
you know, like, like, like kicked Derek out of the house. So, so th- this seems so contradictory though, because what was the time frame in which he got kicked out of the house? Because wasn't he already independently wealthy with his husband and having a child? Well, I mean, I think that, I think before that, I think when he was a young man, he was kicked out of the house. Probably we're supposed to believe, I think before he uh, became an adult, just to make it a little <laughs> bit worse. And, and, and the only thing we know about, so we know that, uh, Importantly, that Gerald's uh, a daddy's boy, loves his dad, and that his dad's a piece of shit because his dad wouldn't let Derek call him granddaddy because he wasn't a real Culpepper, right? So then, then, then yeah. Ike, like, 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 basically, basically, the gang wants to trade Tangerine for uh, Ariana, the granddaughter. Uh, and, right. and, and so I can and Buddy Lee are like no. The, this... So they kidnap. Sorry, they go. They they go kidnap this this old man. He's like got to be like eighty years old. After after Tangerine uh, lures him out of the house, <laughs> it's such an awkward scene. Right, using using her feminine wiles to to lure him out, which oh my like, God. which works because this is a Looney Tunes cartoon. Right, lured lured an well, old man out of his house. So they they kidnap him. Oh they my gag God. him. They they do they they do the ransom. And and then it just comes down to this big blowout where they're well. Don't, don't forget the, don't forget. There's of... one more knife to the next scene where Buddy Lee goes to his extremely racist militia young uh, brother and uh, holds the knife to his neck and says, "We want your compound." And his brother gives him the keys and they go there and it's full of guns. <laughs> and then they they like they call the biker gang. Go. This is where the exchange is taking place. And there's something that we don't know what it is. <laughs> it turns out to be a yeah. giant bomb. And I mean, it, right. They've made a bomb out of fertilizer. It's uh, chaos. I, cause Ike has a lot of fer- fertilizer is the panacea to all crime is that not panacea. I guess that would be the, <laughs> it, it is the, uh, it is oh. the core ingredient of all crime because it is perfect for disposing of a body and of making a bomb. Right. So, so, um, so their granddaughter's yeah. there, the granddaddy, there's a giant bomb. It's, it's, it's quite the end scene. I think it's, it, I mean, this has to be made into a movie in the next uh, 10 years. It, it, it's insane. It, it, it's just too, there's too many big right. fights and explosions. The, ni- the knife comes into play. I... <laughs> the bikers are all dealt with. Uh, they get the granddaughter back. Uh, and, but I could have gotten into, I could have gotten into this book if it was like, cause I'm a big fan of Coen brothers movies. If the, if the book was a little more self-aware as to how absurd it was <laughs> like, and, and kind of played on that, I think, I think I would have been charmed by it. Um, but I think the the problem is that these scenes take themselves extremely seriously for and 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 I, d- I don't know that they have the right to. Well, I think the violence has to be um, high stakes. You because because you're seeing the violence through Ike's point of view. Like like Buddy Lee is not taking the violence terribly seriously because he's dying, right? <laughs> so he doesn't really care. He doesn't seem to care if he dies. There's lots of indications. I know. Well, but the the way they. The, the the way that's handled because so this giant this, this fight happens this explosion happens and then it's like all right ike is standing over the body of buddy lee who who is you know they're doing the thing where they're looking in each other's eyes and buddy fee is, is fading from life and 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 that's when ike says like oh you've had cancer this whole time haven't you, you, <laughs> you like he, he, he no he literally verbalizes like it's not subtle well there's a, um, there's a really weird scene where uh culpepper like survives the explosion too and he's on the ground, right. and then Buddy Lee like opens his knife, and then Buddy Lee kills him off off camera because it's too gross. It would make us like despise Buddy Lee just a little bit at the end, so that when he meets his hero's yeah. end, like like we can't have, we he can't, did promise we can't have seen that right. He did he, he did promise at an earlier scene that he would cut off uh, 
Gerald's dick and feed it to him. So I, I assume that's what happened. Well, but, but, but uh, I, I'm a little surprised we didn't get to see that. But I guess I guess that would not read as very funny. And I think that's probably why it was taken out. Um, I can imagine that that Cosby wrote it uh, just to see how it played. Like, I bet it didn't play well. Uh, but then so after the chaos, we cut to later uh, Tangerine's working for Ike. Uh, the cops are asking what the hell right. happened because as the cops should be after these explosions and all these dead bodies. Well, the cut, the cut, right. So there's a detective who's existed this whole book uh, and he's, he's like, look, I understand that, you know, right. these events happened in this or he's just laying out things that happened. And he's like, right. you mean to tell me that Buddy Lee Jenkins did this all by himself? And right, right. Ike just kind of shrugs. He's like, you know, I sure don't know. And it's, it's so <laughs> silly that like, we've got this, We've got this police officer who's like basically has the whole thing figured out. Like he knows exactly what happened, and he's just like, "Just please come confess, man!" Like, well, just, it's clearly the last. It's, it's, like, it's clearly way. the last people Ike's ever gonna have to worry about are the cops. Throughout <laughs> <laughs> this book, but 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 it's such a silly. It's such a weird thing it's very where silly. it feels like the cops have like kind of shrugged and given up, and they're just like, "Yeah, like I hope there's I hope there's no more died. explosions in town." <laughs> Right, right. Uh, and, and then, uh, oh, oh, Buddy Lee is on Buddy Lee's grace, gravestone instead of his real name. And, uh, oh, Slice has been taken care of, too, somewhere in the interim, probably by Ike. Uh, and then Ike... Yeah, that was a real loose loose thread. Well, Ike goes out to have a have a drink with, with his uh, dead son and his husband and Buddy Lee and uh, announces that he's going to try... He's not a good man, but he's going to try to be a good grandfather. Curtain. <laughs> Yes, and that brings us to the end of Razorblade TV. I, ha- I have so, to say, as, a, as, uh, as an ending to an action film, to a, to a crime novel, satisfactory, satisfactory. I, I enjoyed it. Like I was like, okay, I, I think it's I think it's too bad that Buddy Lee didn't survive because there was no final like like uh, joke at the uh-huh. end. But I but Ike had to survive because he's got to be there to take care of the granddaughter. Whereas whereas Buddy Lee doesn't have to for this to be a heroic ending, right? Like like, sure. like if Buddy Lee survives um, and Ike dies, like like Buddy Lee can't move in with uh, Ike's well, wife. Well, it's you that know? it's that classic thing of um, it's the classic thing of uh, between the characters, uh, our protagonists, like Buddy Lee has done done the most wrong. He committed the the initial sin of destroying the tombstone, and this is right, right. by virtue of him dying and having this sort of martyr moment. This is his redemption, right? And and Ike is uh, Ike forgiving him through through sacrifice and and whatnot like you know narratively this is this is trod ground but it's it it works it's doing its job i'm not against it by any (laughs) means um well but well that's the thing so like a lot of this novel is pretty straightforward i I like that the protagonists are these former convicts and they're not the police like that i that i appreciate about it that it like these this could have been just like a straightforward detective novel it's like but these aren't detectives technically They're, they're criminals that makes it that makes it a little more interesting um you know it being all about the the sexuality identity politics uh that didn't endear it to me exactly um i didn't hate it but i think some parts it just got like it they they were just writing in circles a couple times yeah but but, but they, that's they... kind of books kind of circle around their their main idea a lot i mean i don't think i don't think it did anything I most know. books don't I, I think i think it was it was broken up enough with violence i mean i think i think the two main things that that threw me off were that uh tangerine didn't want to give up 
uh, W's identity and and that thing where the the rare breed are waiting two months to suddenly go to the son's house, right? Well, to me, that to me, that's the the fault of the novel is basically everything ever everything related to the villain is dumb to me. That that the that the judge is just a dumb villain. Yeah. Uh, and like his his motives are bad, his execution is bad, and the the mystery surrounding him is bad like that is absolutely the the weak link it is brittle it is made of of candy well i I, what i don't understand is like like why was tangerine complaining about him by name to derek but wouldn't you you know what i mean like like i need more on that i don't i need more on that i don't know it doesn't even make it well and it kind of are we supposed to believe that like if uh if Derek and Isaiah weren't going to go to press over this kind of non-story, like that the affair would have just continued and Tangerine wouldn't be, you know, assassinated. Like, like that the, there wouldn't be an attempt on her life. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Right. And I, at, at this point, I really don't care because as we've established, there's so many balls in the air that like, to me, they, they don't mesh well together. I, I admit I'm not as old as the as the main characters of this book mm-hmm. as uh, as Ike Randolph is, but it does kind of have this air to me of like this feels more like it was written from the perspective of an older person because it feels like all of the younger characters' lives are put in a distance such that the the things that are inconsistent and and don't quite add up to their life stories are like well we just don't worry about that part mm-hmm. right. We're just gonna we're just gonna not focus on that part, and and it would be fine to have a lot of that be mysterious if it wasn't that we were given sort of these strange contradictory details. That to me is is why I struggle with this. Well, I mean, I, I think they're older. I think the world has changed around them a little bit, like the world's point of view. Uh, you know, I, I I think it's I think it's interesting in that case. I assume they're about my age. Maybe a little bit older than me, very slightly older than than me. Uh, Ike and Buddy Lee, you know, like th- yeah. There's certainly there's certainly um, I can identify my father w- with them to some extent, you know, like like as as everything changed and like as as my points of view like on like LGBT issues like uh, matured, you know, at, when I was when I was a young person, like. Like and and my father was confronted with that. Like like these are these are our conversations I had with him about my friends. You, you, you know what I mean? And like he was ignorant as hell, but kind of came around a little bit. I, I don't know. Like like like, but but like there's that there is that point of view of young people of of older folks just not getting them. Like some 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 to some extent, and uh, I I think I think the book works for that. But I'm not sure. Well, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure who. I'm not sure who hears the I'm not sure who hears the pitch for this book and goes after it. Although I think people who like violent crime novels are gonna just pick it up and be exposed to these ideas a little bit. Maybe that's maybe that's a good thing, right? Uh, it's entirely possible. Sure. I mean, not to get not, I, not, I, not to look for an after school special for people who like violent crime books, but but hey, maybe maybe that's what I'm hopeful right. for here. You know. Well, 
I think the title Razorblade Tears. Like yeah, I think yeah. I think if you're the kind of person who wants to pick up a book that's called Razorblade Tears, you know what? You might love this book. Like to me, that was the first red flag where I'm just like, well, really? but but I don't I don't like, care what this book was titled because Cosby's first book, Blacktop Wasteland. I like that book so much that I would pick this book up no matter what it was called. And I'll pick up his next book too. His next book is called uh, My Darkest Prayer. And it looks like it was originally published in 2019, um, maybe maybe by Cosby himself, uh, but is now coming out um, from Flatiron in uh, 2022. I was, ho- I was hoping that you were going to say the title was something like Nipples of Hellfire. <laughs> just My like... Darkest Prayer. No, 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 not, not Nipples of Hellfire. That's the book, that's the book you're working on. That's the next uh, Haunted Skull. Come on. Well, don't don't mislead my my loyal fan. Piece. Oh, I have I have a haunted skull to pitch you. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'm working on that. That's a great uh, time for us to uh, conclude the podcast. Okay. If anyone out there in Bookstabber Land thinks that they have a book that Gene and I should read, you should write it into maybe it's you. Maybe it's, maybe it's you, Heather. At, should write it into bookstabberpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh. Please do, and uh, that'll be that'll be us. I've been Willow Payne. I'm still Gene Ambom. And uh, keep stabbing, all you folks out, all you folks out there, keep stabbing.